Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. We are still excited here in the home office about Leaders Group's acquisition of Sport Techie, and we look forward to building out our offerings for all of our subscribers and our clients. It's going to be a powerful sports business combination. Love to hear your thoughts on our acquisition of Sport Techie. This is Abe Madcore, and this is your Morning Buzzcast for Friday, November 12th. Hope everybody has had a great week. I spent most of my week in New York at our Media Innovators event. There was so much talk at that event about content and about documentaries and about docu-series around athletes. Well, over the next few days, we'll get to see two new offerings. First, Kevin Garnett's autobiographical documentary, Anything is Possible, is available on Showtime Sports starting today. And the early reviews are quite positive. Remember, Garnett was great in that movie with Adam Sandler. He's very comfortable on camera. The Boston Globe noted Garnett is intense and charismatic and brings his candor and colorful way with words to make for a very successful two-hour documentary that debuts tonight. Meanwhile, I caught episode one on Wednesday night of the 10-part Tom Brady Man in the Arena series, and as a Patriots fan and as a Brady fan, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The star of episode one to me is Drew Bledsoe, who talks very honestly about his feelings in losing his job to the young Brady all those years ago. And while a lot of people are comparing Man in the Arena to The Last Dance, They are totally different. There's just a different feel to it. Brady is so different from the more mercurial and mysterious Michael Jordan. They're just different celebrities. They're different athletes. So I do wonder for those non-Brady fans how much Man in the Arena will resonate with them. But episode one of Man in the Arena drops on ESPN Plus on Tuesday. I do suggest you check it out and see what you think. Let's move on to some news around soccer. We know that bids were made for the U.S. media rights to the EPL, and now the Premier League has reportedly gone into a second round of bids. We know that NBC Sports, ESPN, and CBS all made first-round bids and are likely to follow up with a subsequent bid. NBC has paid the EPL $1 billion over six years. Remember, that deal ends next year, and the EPL should see a 50% increase in its rights fee or more. An announcement is expected next week. Sources say that NBC is still the favorite to land at least part of the packages. The Premier League split the rights into four packages instead of one, so they could be shared with more than one broadcaster. EPL clubs were due to be updated on the progress at a meeting on Thursday, and like we said, an announcement on winning bid or bids could be made as early as next week. Staying with soccer, keep your eye on the city of Cincinnati tonight. Yes, the U.S.-Mexico World Cup qualifier will be played at TQL Stadium, and U.S. soccer officials want a rabid pro-American crowd. And Yahoo Sports noted that U.S. soccer worked for months 
to create such a pro-U.S. crowd. It's interesting. The game is a sellout of more than 26,000. And for tonight's game, U.S. Soccer designed a weighted random draw that would favor fans who pay to be insiders of U.S. soccer. So naturally, those are fans of the U.S. team. Also, the selection of Cincinnati as the host city for this match was also seen as strategic to ensure a very patriotic home crowd. So we have to check out the atmosphere for tonight's game, 9 o'clock Eastern Time on ESPN+. We talk a lot about how hot a sports city Las Vegas is, and ESPN is reporting the NHL is looking to bring some real sizzle to its All-Star Game events next February in Sin City. So the NHL is in talks with Las Vegas officials about holding two new All-Star Game skills events outdoors on the Las Vegas Strip. How cool could that be? So the February All-Star Game main events are scheduled for T-Mobile Arena, but some outdoor events will be created specifically for the Vegas All-Star Weekend on the Strip, and that reportedly the concepts will have a Vegas touch to them. So a pretty interesting story here. We'll see how it develops. We do know the NHL has wanted to ramp up interest around its All-Star game for some time, so they're working hard to do it, specifically around the event this February in Las Vegas. Let's shift to the final NASCAR numbers. NASCAR finished the 2021 season with the Cup Series averaging 2.93 million viewers. That was across Fox Sports and NBC Sports. Now that is down from the past two seasons, but that is largely due to a record low number for the Daytona 500, which was of course impacted by weather. But if you remove Daytona, they were only down 1% from 20 and flat compared to 2019. So what does this all mean? Well, it emphasizes the importance of getting the Daytona 500 run at its regular time on a Sunday afternoon window and how it can't be impacted by weather. As Daytona goes, so goes the rest of the NASCAR season. Overall, NASCAR officials believe their viewership and their ratings have stabilized and that they are consistent performers on the weekends that they run. They don't feel they'll see future erosion in their numbers and maybe feel that they can grow from this stable base. So NASCAR officials feeling that their viewership numbers are in a good place. Now let's shift to college. We've talked for some time on the Morning Buzzcast about plans to grow or expand the college football playoff. Well, SI reported yesterday that the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12, that's the new alliance, have introduced a new 12-team postseason model, one that guarantees a berth to each Power 5 champion plus the highest-ranked Group of 5 champion. So what's different about this, and what is different from the original subcommittee model introduced over the summer? Well, the new model, like I said, grants automatic bids to the Power 5 champions plus the highest-ranked Group of 5 champion. The original proposal gives automatic access to the six highest-ranked conference champions. So there is a slight difference. Why is this important? Well, this puts the ACC, the Big Ten, and Pac-12 proposal slightly at odds with the initial committee idea, and it's a way for the alliance, the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12, to get its voice heard a bit more. So some jockeying going on here. The management committee discussed this alternative proposal last week in Dallas. They also reportedly, in the same meeting, dropped 
any possibility of an eight-team model. So it either sticks to four teams or it goes to 12 teams. Commissioners are expected to meet again December 1st and 2nd in Dallas to further explore their options. They really have to figure out a decision by the end of this year if they're going to implement this in time for 2024. If they don't make a decision by the end of this year, we're looking at expansion in 2026. We'll end with a couple of quick things on the Buzzcast. First, the San Antonio Spurs have retained Legends Global Partnerships to find a new naming rights partner for their home arena to replace AT&T after this season. AT&T decided not to renew its naming rights deal. The building has been named the AT&T Center since 2006. Besides opting not to renew its naming rights deal, AT&T this summer also sold its minority stake in the Spurs. The Spurs are in the early stages of finding a new naming rights partner, but With the naming rights marketplace wicked hot right now, the franchise expects to see a significant increase in its naming rights fee. So they bring on Legends Global Partnerships to find a new naming rights partner. And we'll end with people like we do on the Buzzcast. And we have seen some talent leave ESPN recently, but one of the talents I've enjoyed seeing develop over the years is Ryan McGee, who does things across ESPN. He writes for ESPN. He's on ESPN Radio. He's on the SEC Network. I've never met him, but I find him to be earnest, hardworking, and talented. I hear great things about him from those who do work with him. So it's good to see ESPN keep him in the fold with a new multi-year contract. So Ryan McGee stay at ESPN. And finally, I'll be in New York again next week. We have our New Voices Under 30 celebration on Tuesday night, our 40 Under 40 party on Wednesday night. These are two of the funnest parties in sports business. If you'd like to attend, tickets are still available. You can meet the up-and-coming and the really high achievers in the sports business on back-to-back nights. And then we'll be back in New York after Thanksgiving for our Deal Makers in Sports Conference. That'll be a great day. Day. You can hear from the likes of Tim Laiwiki and so many others who are doing so many deals in sports. So if you're interested in any of those three events, just reach out and let me know. And that is your morning buzzcast for Friday, November 12th. I'm Abe Madcore. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Stay healthy. Be good to each other. I'll speak to you on Monday. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.